Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome into episode 195 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Your M. Chuck and Coombsy with you. And the show, as always, is brought to you by Batano. Baseball is right around the corner. And our friends at Batano are fully stocked up, whether it's maybe you want to wager on a little bit of spring training baseball or maybe you want to get in on some of the future actions. I would maybe recommend the future actions ahead of that. They got over-unders for a ton of players. Obviously, World Series, division odds, pennant odds, all of that stuff available at Batano. Tano.ca 19+. plus. Please gamble responsibly. Coombsy, it's been a while since we've done one of these, but with spring training officially kicking off today, we had the game on in the office here. Uh, it felt like a good time to talk about the Jays. Yeah, it's officially time to say that we are back. It's mm. baseball time. It's warm outside. And Brett had on the San Diego Padres and Los Angeles Dodgers playing ball today on TV. And we've got ourselves a Jays game on Saturday. Ricky Tiedemann will be taking the hill in their first Grapefruit League game. So it's exciting. It's good vibes. It was a... I mean, basically after the Otani stuff, a boring winter for Blue Jays fans. Honestly, a boring winter for baseball fans in general, I think you could kind of say. Um, But despite that, there are still a lot of storylines for the Toronto Blue Jays as they head throughout the early stages of spring training. We're going to talk about all of that in a second. But first, I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts as a guy who covers the team, covers the league routinely. The fact that so many of these A-plus free agents are still just sitting around. Like, I remember we had the year with Harper and Machado, and and those guys were obviously supreme talents. But this year, just the volume of high-end free agents still available is, it's significant. Yeah, I remember we were talking, because the last one we did was in late January, and I was talking about it, and I said... Bryce Harper was the example of the free agent who took a long ass time to sign. It was, I think it was right before pitchers and catchers were set to report or right before the Phillies played their first spring training game, like a late February kind of thing. He finally wound up signing and here we are now, like uh, Matt Chapman hasn't signed. Cody Bellinger hasn't signed. Blake Snell, who won last year's Cy Young, hasn't signed. Jordan Montgomery was one of the better pitchers on the World Series winning Texas Rangers and he hasn't signed. I mean, there's an obvious pattern here. Everyone knows they're, they're, they're four Scott. Boris clients and 
before before with the Blue Jays, there used to be a whole thing where they wouldn't even work with Boris clients. It just we were avoiding you, like they they just didn't want to be a part of it. And I think a lot of teams are trying to do this. I think a lot of teams. I, I don't want to call it collusion per se. I don't think they're sitting around saying we have to keep these things down. But this year's free agent market, outside of Otani, it was good not great players and the owners the GMs whatever it is they don't want to pay 200 plus million dollars for Chapman and Bellinger and Blake Snell but the wild thing is like in other sports let's say if this were to happen NBA NHL NFL there could maybe be a year or two where you sit there and go like God, teams are just so tight against the cap there's just not enough money to go around in a sport like baseball it's just so much more perplexing because there is money to go around there is no reason for some of these owners to not spend like why are the Chicago Cubs Again, an organization that is rich beyond rich. Why do they not feel like it's worth 200, 250 million to bring back Cody Bellinger after the success he had there last season? Like, I just, I know, yeah, the Boris thing that in that connection, but like Blake Snow want to sigh young. Like, we're not talking about guys who are just good major leaguers. Like, these are impactful four to five win war players in some cases. And they're just sitting there and it's not because of a lack of money. So it's frustrating. I know Manfred talked about how he'd love to see a world where there was like a signing deadline and a two week signing period. I don't even know how you justify that or how you make it work without really pissing off the PA. Mm -hmm. Like if you're to give luxury tax breaks on guys who sign in that period, maybe teams would be willing to spend a little bit more. But like, I don't think that really moves the needle. It's just stunning. Even a guy like J.D. Martinez, I think, I mean, Tim Anderson just signed for five million bucks today. Yeah. It also is crazy to look and think IKF got two years <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Is. And Tim Anderson had to settle for a one year, $5 million deal. But it's been one of the most puzzling winters in, in my memory as someone who covers the sport. I can't remember what it was. There was something that was going on. It was either during the season or in the playoffs or early in the off season. My memory is pretty foggy, but I just remember having this really gut feeling that there was something going on between MLB and the Players Association that made me think we're staring down the barrel of what will be an absolutely terrible collective bargaining agreement negotiation the next time that comes around. I think they did one for return to play during COVID in 2020, just like the NHL. And I think it's six or seven years long. And there's a lot of things that are going to change in the next one. And it really feels like we're we're actually no, it wasn't. It was um, just ahead of the 2020 22 season. That's what it was. Yeah. It feels like since then there's been so many like labor league related problems that the next one that comes up feels like it's going to be a huge battle. It honestly feels like, does it not feel like, does it not feel like the owners want to implement a salary cap here? Like you, you talked about it being like, well, there's, there's money to go around to sign these guys. There is money, but there isn't willingness. Like the, for some reason, you know, a few years ago, the, the Blue Jays saw George Springer and said 150 million bucks. Absolutely. Thumbs up. And now they won't do it for Matt Chapman. Does Rogers have less money? No, it's just, these teams don't want to pay these guys this much anymore. And it feels like to me, um, the end goal of this for MLB maybe is to bring in something like that. Yeah, I I think the only way it truly solves the problem from a fan slash player perspective, because I think the fans obviously want to see the big contracts get handed out. They want to see their teams make big free agent signings is it has to come with probably a pretty hefty salary floor with it. Because then if you have teams like, I mean, wherever the A's end up, who cares? But even teams like the Pirates, the Reds, whatever. If you have a high enough floor, Cleveland, where they suddenly 
need to start spending consistently 40 to $50 million more than they are right now, then maybe they start scooping up a few more of the middle tier guys. And if the teams at the top can't check down to the middle tier guys for cheaper, then maybe they're more inclined to spend big on the star players who are hitting free agency. But it, it is a very, very complex problem. I know maybe a month ago, some Jays fans would have still held out hope that maybe a Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger would find their way here with the signing of Turner. Obviously IKF was a while ago, but the signing of Turner felt like the final kind of, all right, we're done now. We have no more spots. Yeah. And I mean, given the way that Ross Atkins has sort of talked about it, he had those comments back in January. We talked about liking the team. And then he said when he did his first media availability after pitchers and catchers arrived in Dunedin, he said at this point, additions that would be of significance would mean some level of subtraction. We feel good about the team that we have. We feel good about the work that's been done over the last five off seasons, last four trade deadlines and coming into another one. We'll have another opportunity. I hope that we're in a strong position to add to the team. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm of kind of two minds with this because on one hand, he's not going to come out and be like, you know what? We didn't have the off season we wanted. We missed out on Shohei and everything after that was a fucking disaster. <laughs> you know, like you, you can't really yeah. come out and say that. And then also same thing if they're going to, you know, maybe sign Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger 10 minutes before the season starts, then you do kind of got to say these things where you're pretending that you're happy about going into the season with Justin Turner and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa as the third base pair on a contending team, which obviously not not ideal so i mean you got to say these things but i mean if you're a blue jays fan and you're gonna be going to the stadium this year to spend more money in the premium seats and whatever like <laughs> how do you get excited about it like how do you look at it and say oh yeah i'm happy that the jays uh, played hardball with matt chapman and are now slightly worse than last year like where, where's the excitement not one single marketable ad throughout the winter and i think that's really really disappointing when you you consider where you're at to be, begin things, you know, five months ago or whatever. So uh, speaking of quotes, you went and dug up a few interesting ones. It's spring training time. There is still, at least within the team, some optimism, some positive storylines going on. So I wanted to run through a few of the ones that you pulled out, Coombsy. The first one comes from Bo Bichette. And this one's really interesting. He said, quote, I think this is the first time we're being doubted. We've always had high expectations. And I think it's definitely a different mindset trying to prove people right than trying to prove people wrong i kind of this was something we talked about last year where like the jays for a while were the young up-and-coming team right okay this new age core what are they going to do ownership's willing to spend and you only get that for so many chances till you get the loser stink on you the jays after the way they flamed out in back-to-back wildcard rounds they have the loser stink on them and it's interesting that quote from bichette is basically him saying yeah we're aware of that we know what the narrative is around us it'll be interesting to see how they respond yeah they had pretty much the exact same thing going on with this core that we saw with the guys in the toronto maple leafs the austin matthews mitch marner william nylander when they lost in the playoffs to washington in 2017 everyone was like oh wow look at this young team that's so exciting then they lose to the bruins the first time you're like you know what the bruins are a good veteran team and then after that after that after that after that you keep losing and it's like these guys are never going to win a fucking playoff series and you know they finally do blah 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 but from the Jays perspective you know you have the loss to Tampa Bay in 2020 you're like yeah of course they're going to lose to Tampa in 2021 they have that great run when they were playing on the road all year come up just shy but since then like 
Man, you've been swept by Seattle and Minnesota. Seattle hadn't been in the playoffs since 2001. Minnesota hadn't won a playoff game in, what was it, 16 consecutive games. They had been swept like eight playoff appearances in a row or something like that. And that's who you got swept by. Like, the loser stink, it is definitely there. Like, nobody's coming into spring training this year being like, oh, man, the Toronto Blue Jays have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and a good pitching staff. They're going to win the World Series. I don't think there's very many people out there thinking that. Um, this is a team now that I, I we brought this up before. They'll probably do better as the underdog than they will be as this big, exciting team trying to prove themselves. And it's nice to see a player come out and explicitly say that. It's a player who recognizes, look, man, we've <laughs> three of the past four years, zero playoff wins. Nobody should be getting all that hype. They got they got stuff to prove. And I think at times it's, it was a ball club that maybe got knocked for not being serious enough. I think it's interesting to see Bichette maybe emerging as a bit more of a veteran leader in that clubhouse, as you've yeah. seen some other pieces now, like a Chapman, get subtracted. Maybe Bichette's going to step up and take some ownership of that room a little bit, which I know that's kind of intangible and cliche sports talk nonsense, but I, I do true, think there's though. something to that. Like, I think he now maybe feels a little bit more ownership of this team's failures. We'll also look at like uh, a few years ago when they had Marcus Semien here or in Toronto, not here. Um, when they had Marcus Semien on the team, uh, Bobichet talked a lot about um, how important having Marcus Semien was around just for, and the leadership quotes always sound corny, but when it comes down to actually having a mentor on your team that you can follow day to day and kind of build your patterns in your life around that, it makes sense why a young player would be like, oh yeah, like this is how this guy helps me tangibly. And I mean, you know, we circle back to the conversations about contracts and the Jays not signing Matt Chapman, re-signing him or maybe not going out and doing the Cody Bellinger ad that uh, many fans had wanted. Maybe we're not far away from that long-term Bobichette contract. Maybe the Blue Jays are going to be comfortable signing him to that $250, $300 million deal and they're the actions of this off season are, are because that's what's coming around. And you look at the way that Bo is talking and he, you're right. He has assumed the leadership role in the team. He, he does sound like he is like the, the heart main player of the blue Jays now. And I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. I, I, the fact, like I know you and I've talked like, okay, are they doing all of these skimpy little ads and not spending money? Cause they're looking for an excuse to go into a rebuild next year where they tear it all down. But maybe it's the exact opposite. Maybe they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa we can't spend, you know, $300 million on Bellinger and a couple high-end relievers or whatever it would end up being. I know Bellinger would only be like two, two fifty, but maybe we can't, we aren't spending that money because we know a year from now we're going to cut $600 million in checks for, for Bo and Vlad. I, I, is it both or is it just one? What do you we think it's both? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how this year goes for Vladdy because he's, 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 he's talking the big game now. He's got some great quotes. Well, yeah, that was the next one we're going to get into here. Uh, Vladdy speaking through the club translator said in 2021, I prepared myself without thinking about all of those numbers that I could put up this year. I said, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not going to think about anything mentally about putting up numbers. I think it might work out. Maybe the same numbers maybe better. What's interesting with Vladdy right now, everyone's getting all excited because it's best shape of his life season, right? Where I'm a little bit hesitant about all this and I know, again, he's really slimmed down this year. It's a little bit different than the past years. But is this not the third straight spring training where we've come in and had conversations about Vladdy being in the best shape of his life? Like, 
I, I just want to see consistent results. I don't want to sit here and start going MVP for Vladdy because he slimmed down. I need to see a tangible change to his approach at the plate. He needs to be better. And I don't think just losing a bunch of weight is going to do that. Yeah, this is <clears throat> this is kind of where I'm at with and we'll touch on Alec Manoa, too. He's he's on the list here as well. But this is where I stand with the two key Blue Jays that they really need to have rebound seasons next year. The ones that struggled a bit in 2023, a bit in Vladdy's case and a lot in Alec Manoa's case. I mean, it was, it was like when we went to spring training last year and there was all the hype around Yusei Kikuchi revenge tour. It was, well, here's a veteran coming into a new team. It didn't work out in the first year. He's going to be better the second year. Sure. But with, with these two, it's kind of like, well, with, with, with Vladdy, it's always been a conversation in the off season. He comes into spring training all like how shredded does he look? What kind of workout? was he doing in the off season what are they saying what are the quotes and we always do get wrapped up into it you always get excited and i mean hope springs eternal and it definitely happens and people want to tell themselves february and march that the team's going to be good but i'll be honest like after last year you kind of have to see it during the regular season before you're going to believe like i didn't really fully believe in yusei kikuchi or barrios having those revenge tours as we said it, it it takes a while until you can really lean into that and i mean talking the big game in February is one thing and we we really have heard it like remember last spring training all of the talk all of the talk they talked so much about doing the little things right it was non-stop and little it's things. what killed them at the end yeah exactly it, it almost feels like whenever they give these quotes they're foreshadowing for whatever weird shitty thing happens later on so I, I, I'll be honest when I read the quotes and I watch the videos I get excited I'm like yeah man Vlad is going to hit 50 pumps this year and I, and I feel it and I'm, and I'm like I, I but my head is like I don't know. We've I've heard so many quotes from this group that I'm I'm a little skeptical. Remember last year? You know, last year was the trailer. This is the oh. movie thing. Like, yeah, it's just they they seem to have this this, this sick ability to set themselves up in the worst possible ways. Uh, Vladdy also talked about his arbitration with the Jays. I know they went to arbitration over a relatively small <laughs> gap, but just reading his quote here and even some stuff from Atkins, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of hard feelings there. I don't think this is like some of the instances we've seen in the past. Vladdy said, we had a conversation and they pretty much explained to me and I understand that it's part of the process for both sides. In the end, you turn the page and it's good. I'll be ready to go. So it doesn't seem like there's going to be any sort of lingering bad feelings there about that. Yeah, that's that's all good. I mean, there was some speculation. People wondered, hey, maybe the Blue Jays are going into this arbitration hearing of Vladdy so they can light a fire under his ass before the season. I don't really think that would be the move with one of your star players. Like, that's a pretty old school motivation tactic. I don't think the Blue Jays would be trying with a guy like Vlad. So to come out of this... Uh, I th- based on the way everyone's talking, it seems every th- everything's all good. So to come out of that in that situation, that's positive because every time you see arbitration, you just assume this is going to go negatively. I always think about that one story, and this is an NHL story, but before Tommy Salo got traded to the Oilers, Mike Milbury apparently shit on him so hard in the arb hearing that he started to cry. Ah, and I'm well, like, I don't know if that would necessarily light a fire under a player's ass. I would just hate my GM. Yeah, I just, I, 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 I wouldn't be like, God, I want to play well for you to no. prove you wrong. I'd be like, oh, wow, you really don't believe in me. So yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I don't think. And I do think a lot of times as 
intense as maybe those arbitration things are and you've heard a lot of stuff or you hear a lot of stuff from different reports i also do think when it's a star star player like vladdy it is a little bit different and those those two sides need each other so bad this year yeah the jays so desperately need vladimir guerrero jr to turn into a legitimate superstar who can hit you 40 plus bombs and be that super reliable top third in the order kind of bat and Vladdy himself yep. needs this opportunity with the Jays, right? Like there's not someone I know Turner can play for space, but like there's not someone knocking at the door there to steal his playing time. Like he's going to get again, great opportunities here. That's never in doubt with Vladdy. So I, these two sides need each other. That's why I'm not totally surprised that the arbitration didn't get super greasy or anything like that. Um, the other big bounce back story this year is obviously Alec Manoa. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You talked about, you know, one of the guys who, again, coming in the best shape of his life. He's down whatever, however many pounds he's down. That's all great. Manoa saying when you get your butt kicked, you want to start a new year with a fresh slate. I'm just super excited for the boys this year. I'm excited to get after it to help this year. Unlike with Vladdy, I do think there still might be a little bit of a lingering bad feeling between him and the organization. So I think it's even more paramount that he gets off to a good start because if his first two or three starts this year, even just in spring training, don't go well. I, I'm, I fear this thing gets off the rails in a hurry once again. Yeah. I don't think things would look good if, for example, at the end of March, we wind up in a situation where it's like Alec Manoa didn't pitch well during spring. So he's going to start the year in Buffalo and Mitch White is going to be on the team or Yariel Rodriguez is going to be their fifth starter, whatever. And Manoa's going and being optioned to AAA. We all know how that went last year. You're right. I don't think this would be an ideal thing. So I really do hope for his sake that he comes back and he looks great. Like he, he looks like he's an incredibly good adding shape. a cutter. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's adding to his repertoire better, uh, more pitches that he can throw. I mean, like come in like in, in, in the, the issue was last year, I think, and no one's really ever clarify it because it's, there's still a lot of speculation, but the fact that this coincided with the pitch clock and he did come in looking, he was quite a bit bigger last year. It looked like he was trying to put on some mass to throw harder. Maybe it was, but things backfired. So hopefully that is what it was. And the two sides can put things behind him. But I have said in the past, if there, if there is one guy on the team where it's like, 
he's so similar to Marcus Stroman in this way, which is if you got a chip on your shoulder, I do think it is going to play with this guy. I think like I, I just got through talking about Vladdy, how I don't think you're going to motivate him by shouting at him in arbitration. But with Alec Manoa, I kind of yeah. feel like if he's pissed off, then he's probably going to do really well. I, I, I do think that when when he says this, like when you get your butt kicked, you want to come back with a fresh slate. I bet you that guy spent the entire winter looking at himself in the mirror, being pissed off about the year that he just dealt with. Yeah. And another thing, too, like this team, again, not running back the same quality of roster that they had at the end of last season and banking on, like they said, some internal improvements. Alejandro Kirk having a better year, maybe Santiago Espinal being more consistent, Kevin Biggio being taking a step forward, Manoa, Vladi, both in that conversation as well. But it's also important to remember that a lot of things last year went well. The rotation outside of Manoa stayed remarkably healthy. They basically just got to use those same five guys outside of doubleheaders for the entire season. And all of those guys pitched well. You got the Barrios bounce back. You got the Kikuchi bounce back. Listen, not to be doom and gloom or whatever, but we've watched the sport long enough to know you're not getting through a full year with your five guys staying totally healthy all year. You're not getting through a full year probably with both Barrios and Kikuchi pitching as well as they did last year. So having Manoa and also having some interesting depth pieces that we'll touch on in a bit, but having Manoa come back to just being the level of, we'll call it an above average MLB starter, that gives the Jays significant coverage in that rotation for if slash when an inevitable injury or an inevitable slip up of one of those other top guys comes in. Yeah, I remember in 2021 when he was pitching well with Buffalo in like April and May and we were talking about him coming up and we were like, hey, what if Alec Manoa could be a good number three or four starter? And then he wound up being for that year and a half there, 2021 and then 2022, like a Cy Young caliber all-star starter. And that was so above and beyond what, what you expected from a rookie pitcher coming in and doing. And I mean, honestly, for him, like you said, for him to be valuable to the Jays this year, they need to be a mid-level starter. They have an AC. They have Kevin Gosman. They have Jose Barrios. He's a good number two. If 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 Alec Manoa can be similar to what Chris Bassett was last year, guy who logs yeah. a bunch of innings, goes deep into starts when the bullpen's tired, that's what the Jays need. They need they need him to be that workhorse. Mm-hmm. Moving outside of the rotation, going back to the order, sort of. Uh, Justin Turner, the last, whatever, big in air quotes, free agent ad the Jays made. He talked about how there were multiple big name free agents still left on the market. He said it's frustrating, obviously, for the guys in the free agency class. It's frustrating for a lot of teams around the league trying to figure out where some of these guys are going to go. It's kind of a little bit of a black eye on baseball. He went on to add, you know, these are all-star Cy Young, batting title, rookie of the year guys, and they can't find a job. I don't think it's a good look was his final quote. He's not in the same class as those guys, um, but even he still had to wait until the later stages of free agency. But it was interesting to hear him come out and say something like that after he just signed with a team that <laughs> isn't going aggressively after free agents this winter. I found that funny. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny. It's, um, I mean, Justin Turner's 39 years old and didn't have a difficult time finding the job on, you know, a reasonable one-year contract with the Jays, but these guys are all in really different contexts. And I mean, it is weird that all four of these guys didn't sign, but as we talked about earlier, there, there is a reason. Like, when you talk about these are four good players, but they're also, they're not franchise cornerstones. You look at one by one, look at the season Matt Chapman had. Great April and then fell off a cliff offensively. Cody Bellinger, like, he was so great to start his career, got hurt during the playoffs. He had a good season last year, but it's one year on a one-year contract. Blake Snell, one of the weirder Cy Young seasons you'll ever see. Didn't pitch very many innings, walked a whole bunch of guys. Montgomery, same kind of thing. I mean, he won the World Series with Texas, but that was a 
great pitching down the stretch. And I mean, I really do think that teams are shying away from giving these big contracts to all-star good caliber free agents. And instead they're like, I think what we talked about with the blue Jays is the reason they're avoiding these guys is because, you know, I'm, I'd rather just throw the big money contract at the guy that I've developed internally than going out and throwing 200 mils at Cody Bellinger. I'm just not sure if he can be that player. And I think, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing to look at, and it's a weird thing considering they're all with the exact same agent, and his whole thing is, you know, I'm going to go and get what we're going for, and when's he going to cave? Like, Scott Boris has had clients who, who, who went into the season without a contract. Like, years ago with the Red Sox, Stephen Drew went into the year after they won the World Series in 2013 and didn't re-sign with him until May. Like, are these guys going to be available at the all-star break are these going to wind up being guys where it's like we don't have to make a trade at the deadline because we can just sign matt chapman is that what we're, what we're heading for like if it's weird you it is weird think that as spring goes along either a someone's going to get hurt and one of these guys will get you know talked into like okay one year deal again yeah. and i'll go cover this guy's injury spot and i'll try this whole thing again next winter or something like that uh sticking with turner and just kind of how he fits into the lineup john schneider talked a bit about all the different pieces they kind of had he said turner will back quote somewhere where he's doing some damage in the middle of the order he'll see time as a dh at first base and at third a little bit the idea of justin turner being a guy who can do some damage in the middle of the order and him being I guess this year's Brandon Belt who had just such a good year after his struggles early I'm worried they're setting the bar too high for this guy yeah it's it's that's a big ask he's 39 years old he was a really good hitter for years I mean Justin Turner offers a nice compliment to the Blue Jays lineup in that he's more of a contact hitter than what Brandon Belt was last year. Brandon Belt did well. I think he had the best OPS on the team, but he struck out a lot, didn't really move runners over, and unfortunately the Blue Jays are one of those teams that kind of builds has built themselves around doing stuff like this like i'm not usually the kind of guy sitting here being like oh yeah like he got a bunt and move the guys over and hit behind the runner run blah 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 but at the end of the day the way the jays are built they they kind of do and these additions that they made you know justin turner isaiah counter falefa i think a lot of these additions were done to be guys that just handle the bat and can just hit a single in a situation to score one run like the version of the jays that we saw a few years ago that scored 10 runs you know and came back and beat texas on opening day after going back or they had that huge comeback against oakland all these fun games i don't think that's the version of the jays we're going to see this year no not at all especially when you look at kind of the next part of the lineup and it's that second third base area where they're going to be relying on the trio of espinal biggio and kiner falefa uh, Schneider called it a cool puzzle to solve. I think it'd be way cooler if they just had a stud player at one of those positions. And there wasn't this little weird mishmash of, you know, above replacement level players. Yeah. When he made that quote, it was kind of like, it gave me the essence of like, this is a cool math game. And it's like, yeah. this is neither cool or fun. No, it isn't. <laughs> what would be fun? If, yeah, exactly. If there was a really good player, if Matt third, Chapman was your starting third baseman, if Matt Chapman was your starting third baseman, he won the gold glove and hit 30 bombs. That would be a cool thing, but I don't know what, uh, I mean, you know what? Maybe it'll work. Who knows? Like, I don't want to be too Ishio negative. He did have some really good moments towards the end of the year last year. Like maybe we should be bigger believers in him. Espinal, I just, I don't know, man. Last year was really disappointing me. And for Kiner Falefa, like... We've talked about this platoon for, platoon for years. We've talked about yeah. the Biggio Espinal platoon. One guy's a lefty, one guy's a righty. They're versatile and good defensively. They're a great platoon, but we just, we don't really seem to ever see it. And it's, it's, it's... 
I think if we were coming into this season and there was never the Shohei Otani thing and the Jays had, you know, won their playoff series against Minnesota and bowed out in the division series and it was just whatever, then it wouldn't be that bad. But that we came into it with such a low that became a high that turned into a low again that anyone they added, if it wasn't like Soto or Yamamoto, then I, even if they have signed, if they had signed Chapman or Bellinger, I don't think we'd be sitting here like super excited about it. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think we would. Um, we're also not getting super excited about Daniel Vogelbach or Eduardo. Ra- You're Escobar. not? No. Oh, I was really excited. I, I purchased both of their jerseys actually from Fanatics. <laughs> I'm oh, really yeah. excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Vogelbach I mean, fitting on the back of the jersey. That is also just a ridiculous thing to be going on right now in baseball. But do you have any hope that either Vogelbach or Escobar work their way to the major league team at some point? I know they're both minor league camp deals. When they added Escobar, I kind of thought it came, the signing came shortly after Atkins made that quote about subtraction. And I kind of wondered, Oh geez, maybe they've signed Eduardo Escobar so they can move Espinal. Escobar Escobar is like a cheaper version of Espinal, I guess, depending on what that deal would look like when he's on the 40, if he's on the 40, but that hasn't happened yet. It seems like that would be a precursor to a Matt Chapman signing, but again, who knows? Vogelback, he was with the Jays in 2020 for a hot minute and offers them, I guess, a skill set they sort of didn't really have last year, which is just a guy who can draw walks and hit bombs like a Joey Gallo fielding independent type guy that it's either a bomb or a walk or a strikeout. Who knows if this will work out, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're just throwing crap at the trees to see what see what sticks take a couple of stabs i mean it never hurts especially when they come in on like just the camp invite minor league deals like there's really no downside to that it's not like they're clearing up 40 man spots for these guys right now so there really is yeah not a ton of downside there the other names making some noise in camp right now and i've seen a handful of the beat guys as you kind of follow along Bowden Francis is getting a lot of love from a lot of different corners, both the coaching staff, people who follow the Jays, people who just follow prospects in general. Him and Ricky Tiedemann, I wonder if one of them breaks through a little bit this year and finds a way. Like, Bowden Francis pitched some a good chunk he of innings good. for this team last year. He was good. Like, the idea of him taking another step forward isn't insane. Tiedemann being the best left-handed pitching prospect in baseball as well, like, that's not insignificant. There is this interesting kind of next wave of pitching coming up for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think it was Chris Bassett that had the quote. It wasn't one of the runs I wrote down in the notes, but I'll try to remember it. And he said that it wouldn't be surprising based on the the stuff and the ability that they had if either Bowden Francis or Ricky Tiedemann came through at some point midseason and was their best pitcher. That's what, what Chris Bassett, who's been around for like 10 years and has seen a ton of pitchers, including this really good pitching staff with Kikuchi, Barrios, Kevin Gosman himself. There's good pitchers there. And the fact that he's talking about these two young guys having the kind of stuff to be the best of that group then that's really saying something and I mean we we saw a couple years ago with Manoa he came up and made a huge difference with the Blue Jays in 2021 Ricky Tiedemann I mean doesn't have much of body of work but much of a body of work in the minor league level but neither did Manoa so you never know yeah and like you said earlier Tiedemann's gonna get the ball first when the Jays open up their spring training schedule on excuse me on Saturday just choked on my own spit there, Coombs. I'm sure that sounded great for everyone listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, anything else you're kind of keeping an eye on through spring? Like for me, it's like last year you mentioned we had the Barrios and Kikuchi bounce backs that we were watching so closely. There's a part of me that's like, oh, I really want to see how Vladdy does in the spring, but I really only care how he does facing big league pitchers and big league ballparks. So yeah. I'm honestly not sure. Like the roster seems kind of set. 
I don't have extremely high hopes for either Turner or Kiner Falefa, so I don't think I'm watching them entirely closely. Like, I hate to be, again, just a downer, but... I'm not excited for that much this spring outside of Tiedemann and Francis. No, neither am I. I mean, that's that's the sentiment around the Blue Jays right now, and I think that's fine. That's reasonable. Like, I'm not going to come into this year and say the Jays are bad. Fire the Cleveland crew. This sucks. No, they're. If you look at the projections, they're usually right around third, fourth, fifth in the American League. They're probably going to make the playoffs, barring terrible injury luck or terrible things happening, whatever. It's a fine situation to be in. It's just not the situation that matches the expectations that we had when we kind of came into it with this core. But I've said it before, and I mean, I kind of have to stick by it now that, that we're here, is the Jays will probably be a better version of themselves when they're trying to prove something like that, that Bobachette quote, there's like, like, like I said earlier, we've, we've heard a lot of bullshit from these guys in the past, but that Bobachette quote sounds really accurate. And it's, they probably did come into some of these seasons, like think of how they probably felt after 2021 going into 2022. when there was so much hype. Remember after the, the lockout and they had that big spree and they got Chapman, the hype was ridiculous. Like this is going to be the movie pressure goes in my tires, like all these quotes. Yeah. And you know, they, the, when you come in with that mindset and even just a few things go wrong, like the entire thing explodes and you, you trip over yourself and it's a disaster. And I mean, I think now that you're going into it this year, staring down the barrel of, if you're the Jays, like if they suck this year, they might blow it up in the off season. If you're Bowen, Vlad, guys like that, who have aspirations of being an all time blue Jay and spending your whole career with this team and going into the hall of fame with that being your cap or whatever, if, if this year goes to shit, then that might not happen there. Um, last year it was like, okay, we were getting excited, potential world series. Year, yeah. Plenty of reason to be excited this year. It's like, keep this era alive keep it, keep it going your backs against the wall in a way and that yeah. I get maybe that's a reason to be excited is how this team will respond like you said so and Bo obviously touched on that as well so yeah I mean we'll see all right that was a whew, man we ripped how much did we talk through 33 minutes we talked for 33 minutes that was good shit we're gonna do another pod right away this was something I wanted to do our friends at Botano like they have odds up for absolutely everything so what I want to do Coombsy is have an episode where we dig through like everything they have like they have what do you think Vladdy's over under is for home runs this year um, that's like a good middle expectation number right around 40 they have it at 33 and a half oh wow you'd think it'd be higher than that you'd right it would be a little bit higher uh, they have a lot of stuff the Jays over under for wins this year you want to take a stab at that that's got to be right around 90 86 and a half oh it's got to be over he'd think yeah you'd uh, think. see i am optimistic yeah okay why not uh, we'll do a whole episode where we go through some of the odds maybe treat that more of like a baseball season preview look at some of the other divisions as well so lots going on as we uh, get into spring training here on the show as always things are brought to you by botano they got you covered for everything on the baseball side of things they are also the official partner of copa america 2024 they're taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas, so you can join botano on their journey for some unforgettable football moments baseball football hockey whatever you need botano's got you covered coombs it feels good to be back talking baseball the sun shining in edmonton where we record the podcast out of our out of our office it feels like baseball season again let's go it does i, I as melancholy as that was i'm feeling good i will take a mediocre Toronto Blue Jays season over no baseball. I just I just wanted to be spring. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Again, if you could leave us a review, hit the subscribe button as well. You can check out all of our video content coming at Blue Jays Nation on YouTube as well. So head over there and hit the subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back in a week or so. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.